I recently said that diversity is not a good value that our churches ought to have. And I'm sticking to it. Welcome back to Good Monsters. My name is Cody Lawrence. Uh, I want to talk about emergent properties. We're going to get scientific for a second. Emergent properties are something in, uh, we see it in chemistry, we see it in biology. And it's something that when you have certain things and those things combine in a certain way, sometimes they can create an entirely new property that neither of the original two things or more had. So for example, hydrogen and oxygen, they are two gases. Uh, They have properties in and of themselves. And when they are combined in a certain way, they become H2O, they become water. And water is wet and it has all of these other properties that hydrogen and oxygen don't on their own have. Can't put wetness into hydrogen and oxygen to get water. These things come together and naturally this new thing comes out of it that that is greater, you could say, or that is um, just different than its individual parts. And it's something that has to happen naturally. Another example of emergent properties in uh, biology, let's say, is whenever atoms and molecules and cells are arranged in such a way to create a brain. Consciousness is something that happens. It just happens. Consciousness appears whenever we have a lump of flesh uh, arranged in such a way. It has the capacity to house a spirit. Amazing. And I'm not, I'm not being naturalistic here when I'm saying that. This is the way that God created the world. God created the cosmos to have certain things come together on their own. Or rather, while he holds them up and while he dictates the whole process, uh, but seemingly on their own. And it creates something that has nothing to do with its parts. Cells and atoms and molecules come together to make a brain, and a brain can house a spirit, and consciousness appears. It's amazing. This is an emergent property. It's natural for water to be wet. It's also natural for the kingdom of God to have different kinds of people in it. We could think of it in terms of race. We could think of it in terms of personality, of sex of interests, the kingdom of God should have every kind of person in it. But I think exactly the same as an emergent property, whenever we try to inject diversity, any kind of diversity, into the kingdom of God, I think it poisons the kingdom. Uh, A couple episodes ago, I made this claim and a pastor on Instagram challenged me on it. And I think we ended the conversation on the same page. I think he ended up coming around to agree with me after I clarified my thoughts. But I made the claim that diversity is a bad thing. That diversity is one element of critical race theory that is 
very bad. It's unhealthy, like all of the elements of critical race theory. But I didn't explain myself enough, I think. Because typically we hear the word, especially living in the culture that we live in, we hear the word diversity and we think, yeah, yeah, diver- oh, I mean, of course diversity is good. Why wouldn't it be? Of course you'd rather have a diverse thing than not a diverse thing. But I don't think that's necessarily true. And even if it were true, I think to try to inject diversity into a thing poisons it, like I said. So oxygen, our body needs it to live. More, uh, more biology. Our body needs oxygen to live. Our blood takes oxygen from our lungs and, uh, and goes through our entire body to help us do the things that we do. But if we take oxygen in gas form and inject it into our blood, it can kill us. So oxygen is this healthy thing. It's a totally natural thing that happens in our body. Our lungs generate oxygen. But when we take oxygen from an outside source and inject it into our bodies, it is deadly. Deadly. And I think diversity is the same thing. I think diversity just like in emergent property, is something that should come out of a church. And I don't necessarily mean racial diversity either, but any kind of diversity. And it also depends on where the church is. It depends on so many variables, what diversity looks like in a church. Diversity isn't even, I mean, it's its not a value at all. It's not a value. It's, a, it's an observation. It's a statistic. It's a, a characteristic. And it's neither good nor bad, necessarily. Uh, It could be an indicator of health, given the situation, but it depends on the environment. It depends on so many other variables. Consider this. Let's say that there is a church in a white rural area where 100% of the population is white and they're, you know, some average age. They're very... um, undiverse in a lot of ways. But in other ways, they are going to be diverse, like in personality, in the jobs that they do, in their interests, and so on. And we would say that things like their interests and their jobs, you know, we wouldn't say, well, oh, we need to have a church where people have different jobs, or we need to have a church where people have, you know, we we have too many introverts in this church. We need some more extroverts, so we need to um, do some evangelism for extroverts. We we wouldn't say that, but we do say it in regard to race. And I think that shows us, it shows me at least, that we're missing the point. If diversity isn't valuable in all of its ways, then it's not valuable in any of its ways. So again, with, with this example, let's just say we have this white church in a rural area and 100% of the population is white. Should it, is it a good thing for that church to shut down? Because there's not enough black people in the church. I mean, 0% black people, 0% Asians, just only white people. I mean, these farmers and these, these people in this rural community have probably lived here for generations. So there there is... As, as small of racial diversity as you could possibly get. Should this church shut down, move 100 miles into the city, and force all of its congregation to drive two or three hours to go into the city 
just so this one church could have some black people in it and have a mixed congregation. I think if you had any sense, you would realize, absolutely not. That's ridiculous. This this church is as diverse as it needs to be. Let's say the pastor's good. He's preaching truth. He's speaking to the sins of the congregation. And the congregation consists of all of the people in the town. Let's say the congregation is 100% white, and it also consists of 100% of the people in the town. That church shouldn't close. That's ridiculous. But let's think about another example. I've seen a lot of churches, and I'm sure you have too, of different nationalities. Um, Maybe they rent another church's space, or maybe they just have a church on their own that's uh, catered specifically to a certain nationality. I've seen Mexican churches. I've seen Korean churches. uh, I've seen Russian churches, and I'm sure there's churches all over of all kinds of nationalities. And these churches are specifically for welcoming people of this nationality. And of course, they would allow people from other nationalities to show up. But you better believe those services are going to be in in Spanish or in Russian or whatever language is their native language. At one of the churches that I used to attend, there was a Korean church that rented the church's space, um, I forgot what day of the week it was, it might have been Wednesday, but they, they held their, you know, what what would typically be our Sunday service on a different day of the week. It might have been Sunday even. But anyway, they had a separate church service when they could have just attended the normal church service on Sunday that all the, that all the white people went to. Now, that doesn't mean that the, the Sunday morning service where it was mostly white people, was unwelcoming. Because the Korean church wanted their own space. They wanted to be able to welcome other Koreans into this community that they've built. And that's a good thing. And that's not diverse. But would we in our culture want to say that that is a bad thing when we see a Korean church or a Mexican church or a Russian church? Well, people would say Russians are white people. So let's just say a Mexican church, a black church, a um, a, uh, a Korean church. Would we in our culture today, would we say ah, they're not diverse enough? They need more white people in their congregation because, pff, of course, white people are the minority. And so they need to be they need to be properly. Um, uh, well. There needs to be um, an appropriate amount of white people to symbolize the, the amount of white people in the general population. Of course not. That would be ridiculous. And if they did that, that would destroy the community of the church in a way. I was a missionary in Japan for over a year, and I went to a Japanese church, and all of the services were in Japanese. And the only thing that this church changed for the Americans that worked at the church, where they had a translator. They didn't change anything with the culture of the church. It was very Japanese through and through. And they were in Japan. And that's okay. That's an okay thing. I would never have the audacity to say, look, you need to change your whole service. You need to change the whole makeup of the structure of your church to adhere to me. One of the three white people that attend this church even though we're in Japan and we're surrounded by Japanese people in Japan. You're not trying to 
welcome white people. There are, there are other churches in the fact that uh, in the area, in fact, where uh, that that are English churches. Interestingly enough, and so if if somebody wanted, like if if a if an American were living in Japan and wanted to go to an English church, they could go to some other church, and that wouldn't be a problem. So the point is, in all of these cases, hopefully you see this too, diversity is, it's not a valuable thing. It doesn't matter. It is irrelevant in all of these cases. Now, I think if we have perhaps a big church, like the biggest church in a community, and the community is uh, like an equal mix of all races, let's say, uh, and that church had only, well, I don't even know if I could say that. Uh, if if that church, I don't know. I, I think even in that situation, it would be fine if there was just a, a white church and a black church. I think I think churches should be welcoming to anybody who wants to show up. But by welcoming, what I don't mean is changing the culture of their church that works and brings people to Christ and is biblical in every way just to appeal to someone else of a different skin color. I guess that's what I'm saying. A church wouldn't have to change. Even if a church didn't match the race of its community, just like these Mexican churches and black churches and Korean churches, they don't match the racial makeup of their community. But they're a good thing anyway. I just changed my own mind there. (laughs) I was going to say it could be a problem if your church um, doesn't doesn't match the race of your community. Um, Now it could, but we would need to look at other variables. Like the the most important thing is, are they teaching biblical truth? That's the most important thing. Because if, if, uh, you know, if if your church is um, like is a black church and constantly teaches that white people are evil and white people don't show up to the church... I wouldn't say the diversity is a problem there. I'd say the big, the unbiblical teaching is a problem. <laughs> there, are, there are much bigger concerns than the diversity of the church, I guess is what I'm saying. So diversity, like I said before, when we inject it into something, it poisons it, just like injecting oxygen into our blood. But when it happens naturally, then it's fine. It's fine to have it. It's fine not to have it. And there can be different kinds of diversity. There can be diversity of personality, of sex, of age, of music preference, and of race, and of a lot of other things. And to focus on diversity of something like race over diversity of any other kind of thing, if you think it's a value, is kind of hypocritical. Either focus on, either value diversity, all of it, all diversity, or don't value diversity at all, and focus on other things. I've talked before on the podcast about this idea of first and second things. It's something that C.S. Lewis talked about uh, in one of his books. If you love primary things in the world, or if you seek primary values in the world, like love and justice and peace, and uh, above all, primarily love of God, then you will receive other things, other secondary uh, things of things of lesser value and lesser importance as a result. So, for example, if you um, 
if you really want friends. If you are really good at loving people, you will make friends, potentially. But if you really, really, really care about loving or uh, making friends and loving people is not a priority, then you're going to lose both. You're going to not be loving people and you're not going to have friends. So if we make diversity a first order value, which it's not, then we lose diversity. We lose actual, natural, good diversity and we lose biblical truth. But if we love biblical truth, then our church will be as diverse as it needs to be and the kingdom of God will go on being as diverse as it will be. So think about that. And don't be afraid to push against these words like diversity in the culture, even if everyone around you thinks it's a good thing. We need to think about this. And especially since our culture loves it so much and because it's such a central element of critical race theory, don't even let something so seemingly small as this into your church. Don't let it. It will poison it. Even injecting a little bit of poison can kill you. Even injecting a little bit of oxygen into your blood can kill you. And I think trying to inject diversity Valuing it above biblical truth can entirely kill your church given enough time.